0: His suspicions confirmed, Castian Saya prepares to face an old nemesis. But first, he must construct a weapon worthy of the confrontation. Gorian? I'm sorry, I know that's not your real name, but... Even after everything you did, it feels strange to call you anything else. I need you to come to Aldrake Four. There's a woman here. She's threatening to kill me if you don't come. You have three days. Please come, Gorion. You're my only hope. You're my only hope. You're my only hope. After hearing Cerise's plea on the hollow emitter, Akira Udonan slaps her cyborg hand shut. Easiest credits I ever made. Not the most fun, though. Hey,
1: Akira, get off my ship.
0: Oh, I was going. I was going. I'll see you again, Castian.
1: I really hope you do not, because that will be the last time we speak. Understood?
0: Oh, perfectly. And she- Grins her little Bothan grin, and she strolls off the howling Gundark, whistling.
1: I hate Bothans. How'd she get on the ship?
0: She was quite forceful, sir.
1: All right, then. Laris, us bring us up to space. I need to make a call. Yes, sir. And Castian is going to follow her to the cockpit, sit down, and just mull over some things as she takes off.
0: The howling Gundark receives its clearance to take off, and the engines spin up, and off you go into space. Heading, sir.
1: Just find a place to hover for a little while. I need to think. Of course, sir. Castian, again, just mulls over, thinks things through before finally letting out a sigh. Do we still have the frequency for Cerise Nobella's office? Of course, sir. Fantastic. Bring it up. I'm going to send her a message. See if I can talk to the ninth sister. I'm pretty sure it's her who has Cerise.
0: Connecting, sir.
1: Yep, and Castian's just going to wait to see if she answers.
0: The transmission is answered on Aldreg 4 by a young woman that is neither Cerise Nabella nor the ninth sister. It is the harried secretary of Cerise Nabella. Cerise Nabella's al- oh, How can I help you?
1: I'm looking for Cerise Nabella.
0: She's indisposed. I need to speak with her now. As much as I'm sure she would appreciate hearing from you, and the woman is forcing down a snarl, she has left strict orders that she is not to be disturbed.
1: Is she in her office?
0: Yes. Is
1: she alone?
0: I don't see how that is any concern of yours.
1: You listen here, you little rat. I want information, and if you think the distance of our communication is keeping you safe... I'm sorry, we seem to
0: have reached some static. (laughs) And she cuts the transmission.
1: Laris, I want that woman's accounts drained by the morning. Castian sits up and kicks the communication with his foot and just walks out angry. And he's just pacing. Thinking. He needs to speak with the ninth sister, but seeing that she's probably not answering, he's not happy now. Finally, he is going to Stop near the cargo hold, stare at it for a second before he's moving back to the cockpit to find Laris. Laris, I need you to get us into hyperspace. How long will it take us to get to Aldreg 4 from here?
0: It shall take us approximately 61 hours, or two and a half days.
1: And she said three days was our limit?
0: That is correct.
1: Well, we don't got much time to dally. Set a course.
0: Already laid in, sir. And Laris? Yes, sir?
1: I'm going to make a call with the bad communicator.
0: Sir, I would advise against
1: that. We checked it over several thousand times. There's no tracking software in it. We should be fine.
0: That is an exaggeration, but still, I believe that caution would be prudent here.
1: No, I don't think it would. I need information, and there's only one other person I know that could give it to me. Just get us there, and don't be surprised when you see a transmission leaving the ship.
0: Of course, sir.
1: And Castian's going to move off towards the cargo hold. He's going to open it up. And inside the cargo hold, you see something large wrapped up in a tarp. And it's taking up most of the cargo hold. And he walks up to it, grabs the tarp, and pulls it down. And inside the cargo hold is... A partially deconstructed sphere of a TIE advance. It doesn't have any of the solar panels, none of the armors on it. It's just kind of the inside of the ball. And this is the TIE advance from the 10th brother that Laris killed. And I'm going to flip my final destiny point to make that happen. Castian is walking over to the chair Flops down into it, and he is going to activate the communication system there. Now, usually a ship needs to be out of hyperspace to send a message, but there are some advanced vessels that can actually communicate in hyperspace. I'm assuming that an Inquisitor, Thai Advanced, can. Yes, it can. And Castian is going to close his eyes, mumble a quick prayer, and then he's tapping in a frequency to an office in the Imperial Palace.
0: I assume this is not Torok.
1: Castian leans back in a seat, rubbing at his face before activating the visual on this. Torok, you replaced me for man with the name Torok, really, scraping the bottom of the barrel, I see.
0: Pettiness does not become you, Castian.
1: Oh, says the man who was a few inches away from ending my life last time we spoke. You seem pretty petty then.
0: Why are you contacting me?
1: I wanted to speak. It's been a year. I figured it's time to talk. And please don't waste your time trying to trace this. I'm leaving from Alderaan. You'll probably see that, but that's about it. Why do you wish to talk? I found out a very interesting piece of information. A year ago when I escaped, I assumed I would have the entire Imperial army searching for me. That's what you always hinted at. If we ever ran away, we would have the might of the Empire on us. But that never happened. And then I ran into an Inquisitor, who seemed rather surprised to see that I was alive. Apparently, I'd just disappeared. There's no orders to hunt me down and kill me. There's no claim that I'm a traitor. You did not report my betrayal, did you?
0: Are your feelings hurt that we did not scramble a manhunt for you?
1: No, no, no. I'm actually quite appreciative of that, Tremaine. Don't act like you did this because you you cared for me or there was any camaraderie between us. This was to hide your mistake, your failure of training me. But I'm not the only one that has gone missing, apparently. It seems that the Ninth Sister has gone missing from what my sources tell me. Not only that, but the Inquisition has been following a string of murders that you're pretty sure she's committed. I'm curious... Is the Ninth Sister also on the run?
0: I always knew you were more clever than you looked.
1: I'm actually off to meet her.
0: Ah, I see. It makes sense. She's trying to lure you into a confrontation. Perhaps she thinks by bringing you in, her failures would be forgiven by the Inquisition. Perhaps she is right to believe that. I assume she has been successful in catching your attention?
1: She has- proven effective in that point it's becoming rather cumbersome i'm trying to make a living out here and that's not easy to do when all your past clients end up dead
0: castian this is an opportunity
1: (laughs) is it now tremaine please tell me about this grand opportunity
0: the ninth sister wishes to return with you as her captive should the tables be turned you should receive the accolades That she is poised now to reap.
1: Oh. If I beat her and bring her in, you would spin a tale where she was the one that went rogue, and I was the ever brave and wonderful inquisitor who found her. Correct. And I would be forgiven for my past crimes. Yes. How could I even believe you, Tremaine?
0: What other choice do you have, Castian?
1: There's always choices, Tremaine. You taught me that. Even during your interrogations, you always told the Force users that they had a choice to join the Empire or die. You would never take that choice away from them. So yes, there are choices I could make. And I'll consider it. Tremaine, it's good to hear your voice. You sound old.
0: There's a long pause, and the communication ends.
1: Castian runs his hands through his hair, taking a long breath before mumbling. Castian Sire. Inquisitor. Regals his nose before standing up. And then he's marching back to the bridge.
0: Sir, I did detect a communication coming from the ship. I assume you were successful?
1: Yes, I spoke to Highquisitor Tremaine. Apparently, we'd be welcomed back with open arms to the Empire if we were to bring the Ninth Sister into him. Castian is watching her reaction.
0: Laris's face remains impassive as it always does. That would be quite a welcome development, sir.
1: Welcome, you would welcome it. Yes, sir. You want to go back to the Empire?
0: Yes. According to my calculations, enough time has passed that we should be able to confirm the information that was owed to that Admiral. We would be able to clear our names and no longer have to operate under such cloak-and-dagger methods.
1: Castian frowns before kind of just waving a hand off. I suppose it would be nice not to have to run everywhere, hide my head. It'd be nice. Indeed, sir. Castian lowers his head before mumbling, All right, then. Then I suppose I need to prepare myself. Don't interrupt me unless it's an emergency. I need to try to fix a lightsaber. There's no way I'm facing off with the Ninth Sister without one. And with that, Castian is going to walk to his room. He's opening his weapon locker, and in that false compartment, he pulls out Madonan's hilt.
0: The hilt of the lightsaber that Mudonin had was a shoto-bladed lightsaber. The shoto blade is a shorter lightsaber than you traditionally see, but it is no less effective. Of course, what makes a lightsaber effective is the crystal that powers a lightsaber, and Mudonin had long ago removed the crystal from this lightsaber. So all it is is a hunk of metal currently.
1: Casting's going to one of the metal shelves hanging overhead, and he's going to reach up, and at the very top of one of the shelves, he pulls out that crystal that he got from Lala, and he looks it over before mumbling, well, this is what I have to do, and then he's going to sit on the ground with his legs crossed, and he is going to very meticulously... Take apart the lightsaber and put it back together. He hasn't actually built his own lightsaber before, but he has tinkered with his old blade back in the day. So he's hoping by taking it apart, he'll be able to kind of understand how it works a little bit better than when he puts it back together. He could fix anything that needs to be repaired because this is an old hilt that Mm -hmm. was in the jungle for God knows how long.
0: This is an average mechanics check with an added setback die because of its age and the unfamiliar configuration.
1: Two successes, but three threats.
0: Casting, you finish reassembling the lightsaber. And of course, the last piece of the puzzle to come together is putting that crystal into the hilt. You put the crystal in and nothing happens. You take it out. You put it back in again. Nothing happens.
1: Casting hits it on the side of the bulkhead.
0: The crystal rattles slightly in the chassis. But still, nothing turns on.
1: That's the problem. He mumbles as he tightens the hold for the crystal. It shouldn't be rattling. He's sure that's the case.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. No. Why
1: aren't you working? Castian growls and throws the lightsaber against the wall. And then grabs his head before taking a deep breath. Why did I get rid of those Inquisitor blades? Oh, you know why you got rid of them. Castian mumbles as he paces a little bit and says, Okay. Okay. I built the blade. I have a crystal. Tremaine said in order to make my own blade, I needed to learn how to channel my anger and hurt the crystal. It was very more scientific than that. So maybe I need to, I need to focus my energies into the crystal. That sounds ridiculous, but that makes sense because Jedi and he walks up to the lightsaber, looks it over once more, and then he pulls out the crystal and squeezes it in his hand. And then he kneels down and he's going to focus his aura, his energy his emotions into this thing
0: as you close your eyes and begin to breathe meditating on this crystal everything around you begins to quiet there's always the hum of the engines on the ship the sound of skitter and bone going through the corridors but all of that begins to fade away until all you can hear is the beating of your heart And when you open your eyes, you find that you are no longer in your quarters on the howling Gundark. Instead, you find yourself in a white, featureless void. You need to squint against the blinding light, yet you don't see any source of it. And you still feel more than hear that rhythmic heartbeat.
1: No, 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 not a vision. I've already done this. I think twice already. Cassian spins around. I'm just looking to make a weapon. I'm not looking to understand anything. Hello? Castian looks down at his hand to see if he's still gripping the crystal.
0: No, you're not.
1: Oh, great. Now I don't even have the key to get out of this thing. And Castian is going to search for whatever this vision wants him to find. He's not very happy about this.
0: As soon as you take a step forward, you find that you've stepped into a corridor in the Jedi Temple. Except, no, you look at the banners on the walls. These are not the banners for the Republic. so the banners of the Empire. You are back in the Imperial Palace, but it is strangely empty and silent, save for the sound of the heartbeat. It is slow and steady.
1: Castine's going to pause as he just takes in the sights. He hasn't seen this place in a year, and this used to be kind of his home. And then he's just continuing on.
0: As you walk, you begin to hear footsteps coming from behind you.
1: He spins around.
0: You see Inquisitor Brandel approaching you. First, slow, methodical footsteps, then faster and faster. He pulls out a lightsaber blade.
1: No, no, no.
0: Everything seems to freeze for a moment and you hear an unfamiliar voice. You are are outmatched. outmatched. What What do do do? do you do?
1: I run?
0: The scene unfreezes.
1: Gastian hesitates for a second. Then he sees that Brandel's actually still moving and Gastian's going to turn and take off running.
0: To outrun Brandel, that is going to be an opposed check. And your difficulty is going to be one red and two purple.
1: Uh, Three successes three threats and a dark side point, but I'm not going to use the dark side point.
0: You run through the corridors of the Imperial Palace. Are you running towards anywhere in particular?
1: At first, Castian thinks he's just running blindly, but it actually ends up he's heading towards Tremaine's office. He didn't even realize he was doing it. It's just kind of almost instinct to run home.
0: You're able to stay several steps ahead of Brandel. You hear the threatening hum of his lightsaber overcoming the sound of the heartbeat. But when you reach Tremaine's office, it is locked.
1: Castian spins around and holds up his hands towards Brandel. Hey, you helped me! You helped me before! You helped me before!
0: That was then. This is now. And
1: what is now? What is now? This is just a vision! Randall, you don't exist. This is not real. I mean, this doesn't even make sense. I am running through the Imperial Palace with you chasing me. There's no Imperials anywhere. How does this make sense? It doesn't. Your vision. Your vision.
0: Give me a charm check. And this is going to be three challenge dice.
1: Three reds? Yes. One despair, one threat.
0: Your appeal to the absurdity of the situation falls on deaf ears. And as Brandel continues to advance on you, holding the lightsaber menacingly, it strikes a bit of fear in you, and you begin to question, maybe this isn't just a vision. As Brandel approaches, he freezes, mid-step, and you hear the voice again. You You are scared. scared. You are are alone, alone. cornered, Cornered. like a frightened frightened animal. animal.
1: Yes, of course I am. He has a lightsaber I do not, which is the entire point of making a lightsaber, to have a lightsaber. To fight people with lightsabers.
0: Your fear, it is is what what drives drives the darkness, darkness, does does it not?
1: not. It's a human condition. I can't stop being afraid.
0: But But fear, fear. it drives drives you to to do things things. you do not not wish wish to do. do.
1: I do what I have to do to survive.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And the scene disappears. You're once again in the white void.
1: What the hell was that? What do you want from me? I've done good things. I mean, Darian Cyrus, I could have killed him and made my life 100% easier, but I didn't. Yes, he died, but that wasn't my fault. Dathmere, I, 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 I didn't kill that woman who enslaved me. I merely knocked her out. I even helped the person who sold me into slavery. I have done good things. I'm not just a man filled with fear.
0: As you look around for the voice or someone to address your concerns to, you turn. And upon making that turn, you are in the galley of the Howling Gundark. The usual hum of the ship is silent, and the heartbeat continues. Laris sits at a Djarik table, with Bone and Skitter silently flanking her. She holds out her hand, pointing at the board. Play.
1: Am I still in the vision? Laris just stares at you. Oh, I'm still in the vision, Castian growls before walking over and sits down at the table. Fine, I'll play. What do you- what-what? What am I looking at?
0: It is a standard Djarik board setup. It's a holographic projector, has a number of characters on the table. Nothing unusual about it, other than you have never seen Laris play Djarik. Or any game, really.
1: All right, then. Let's play a game. And Castian's going to- he's just going to go with it. He'll start playing. Castian is going to advance one of the pieces.
0: Give me a skullduggery roll. This is going to be versus one challenge die, one difficulty die.
1: Two successes, one advantage, and a despair.
0: You make your move on the table. Castian, how familiar are you with Djarik?
1: He's played it a few times. He's not great at it, but he knows the basic rules.
0: You know that this was a very strong opening move. And then Laris makes her move. And you're immediately in endgame. She has the advantage over you. You have no idea how that happened. You've never seen a move like that before.
1: I don't even know if this is actually part of the vision or if you're just really good at Dejarik. What, what, is this supposed to be a lesson about me being surrounded, not knowing where to go? Seeing what I do when I'm surrounded?
0: It's almost imperceptible because of how still Laris holds herself and, of course, the two droids – but the scene freezes again. You only know, really, because the dejaric pieces, which are usually animated, they all stop moving. And the voice. She, she cheats. cheats. What, what do you do?
1: If Laris cheats? I let her. I'm proud of her if she cheats. It shows that she's breaking the rules, letting her hair down. She doesn't have it. You know what I mean. I'm proud of her, then. Depends on the person. Sometimes people need to cheat in order to make the odds more even.
0: And, and if, if her cheating, cheating hurts you, hurts you? What, what if, if we, we raise the, the stakes? And suddenly the scene changes. It is no longer you sitting in front of a dejaric board. You are the living game piece, surrounded by monsters. Is it still is it acceptable? acceptable? For her
1: to cheat? No, it's not. With My life is on the line, but she would never do this. She, she's, she trusts me. And
0: should, and should she? she?
1: Cassian looks down at the ground. I want her to, but I suppose... I suppose not. He swallows before looking back around towards the monsters. I lied to her. To get her to help me. I did that because all I knew how to do was lie to survive. And, uh... I never felt good about that one. Is that what you wanted to hear? That I feel bad that I lied to Laris. Yes, I lied to her. I could say that I've done my best to be friends with her, to help her, to make sure she survived. survive, but I, I did... No, she shouldn't believe in me. She shouldn't trust me. She shouldn't.
0: Interesting. And Castian, when you look up again, you're no longer on the dejaric board. You're no longer on the Howling Gundark. Instead, you are in the rainy, decrepit cathedral on that swampy planet where you made your final kill to prove your worth to the Inquisition.
1: Not this. Not this.
0: You stand in the crumbling balcony, watching as a silent pantomime plays out below you as the wounded Jedi crawls to the altar and is followed by your younger self. After the killing blow plays out, you blink. And when you open your eyes again, you find yourself huddled behind the altar. Jedi! You hear your younger self call out. Your chest hurts. You try to breathe, but it is difficult to draw in any air. You look down and you see yourself in the ragged and bloody robes of the Jedi, but unlike when you last saw this play out, a young woman is crouched next to you. She's humanoid, but definitely not human. Her bronze skin seems to glow with an inner light, and she has long teal-green hair that moves in an unseen and unfelt breeze. You, you are, you a, are helpless a helpless one, one now. One now. What, what, do what do you do?
1: do? I... I'm... Uh... I have no more fight in me. The best I could do is help the boy. He'll always remember this. He'll always remember that the man he fought was defenseless, couldn't even raise a hand. This wasn't a glorious battle for justice. He'll remember this what it truly is. A murder. He'll always remember this.
0: Once again, Castian, you are in the white void. You are once again yourself.
1: Castian's just going to sit down on the ground and, and hold his head in his hands.
0: The young woman appears and she crouches down next to you again. But this time without the distraction of the crumbling cathedral, you see that it's not that she's young. It's that she's ageless. This woman, whatever she is, exists beyond time. You can see it in her eyes. These are eyes that have seen and experienced maybe thousands of lifetimes.
1: What is this place?
0: It is what it is and what it it always shall shall be.
1: be. And what do you want from me?
0: I have have seen you. you. I have have felt
1: you. you. Great Great darkness darkness once poisoned you. you. It still does.
0: But but the girl, girl, she she gave me to you. you to help you Lala did I help
1: Castian looks down before shrugging a shoulder I suppose you saved my life you gave me the energy to stop a ship from crashing you saved me Lala saved me and she died because of it Castian's going to crumble at that and just kind of press his hands to his eyes. <sighs> I am so tired of people dying because of me. Darien Ceres, he was a father with three children and he's dead because they were hunting me. la, she's dead because I sought her out and now Nabella, she's done nothing wrong. She wants to help her people and she's going to die because because of me. And I don't want that. I don't want people to die. I don't want to lie. I don't want to be this dark creature that I was forged to be. I want to be Castian. I want to be my mother's son. I want to be my father's son. I just want to be good. Son, son.
0: why Why do you you seek to craft craft a a weapon? Why would you make make me me hurt hurt and kill?
1: Because that's all I know how to do. This woman that I'm going to face, the woman that is keeping Cerise Nabella, she is like me. And as much as I want to think a person can be talked down, they can't. Sometimes darkness takes root. If I go there without a weapon, she wins. And I know she will not let Cerise Nabella live if she catches me. And I really just don't want service to die. She's good. Which is why I was enamored by her. Casting smiles, just a hint. She was how I thought I used to be. Good and working for the people. And she's beautiful. <laughs> and she's beautiful. And smart and kind. And if that means I have to craft a weapon to save her life, to make sure that her light isn't extinguished, that's fine. If I have to die to keep her safe, that's fine. And I know she will never forgive me for all the trouble I've caused her. That's fine. I'm not looking for that. I just want her to live. I need to stop people dying because of me. Please.
0: Castian, please roll me an average discipline check. However, I'm going to give you two setback die because of those despairs you had earlier.
1: Four successes, three threats, and a triumph. I will,
0: I will help, help you save, save your friend. A and when you open your eyes, Castian, you are once again in your quarters in the Howling Gundark. The crystal in your hand glows and pulses with life in the same rhythm as your heartbeat. What color does it glow?
1: Aquamarine almost like the waves on an ocean shore. And Castian is going to quickly grab the hilt and fit the lightsable crystal inside of it. And then he's going to try to activate the blade.
0: It comes to life. Castian, for the next session, you are effectively going to have a force rating of two as the crystal is imbued with the living
1: force. Castian's going to deactivate the blade, press it against his forehead and mumble, thank you. I know what I have to do. And he's going to walk out to find Laris.
0: Laris is in the cockpit. And she looks up at you, surprised. Sir, is everything well with you?
1: How long was I out?
0: It's been two days.
1: So we have a few hours?
0: Yes. I was concerned not to hear from you.
1: I want to get something off my chest before I face the Ninth Sister. Laris, I lied to you. I'm sorry, sir? The reason the Empire was hunting me was not because of the information. It didn't help. They were out to kill me, not you. I had failed the Inquisition's test. Instead of putting down the slave rebellion, I helped it. I killed the Trandocean guards, and then I hid the information, and then I had you delete the records. They were still able to find out what happened. But the reason for your misery is because of me.
0: Laris continues to look at you impassively.
1: I am going to save Cerise Novella. And you don't need to help me. But after this... After this, I will turn myself into the Empire. And I will give you a full pardon. I will explain to them that I forged records. I tricked you to make you think this was a secret mission. I will return you to your life. You will not suffer any more from me. All I ask is... You give me until I save Cerise Nebello.
0: Of course.
1: Castian and her just share a long pause. And with that, Castian's going to his room to prepare himself. Because when he lands on Drake IV, he's going to be fighting probably his most important battle. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot Star Wars Force and Destiny. Please follow Solo Shot Podcast and Fandible on Twitter, and please share this episode on social media. You can also leave a review for Fandible on iTunes or your pod chaser of choice to help others find us and enjoy games like this one. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to make a donation to help keep our equipment up and running. But most importantly, always remember, may the Force be with you.